Welcome into the Sports Insanity Podcast. Let's go completely insane, peeps! I am Lawrence Hatchman Lang. Danny Boy Reginald. Oh, my voice is almost gone from that karaoke. I'll tell you about that in a second. But you singing, what was it, Ed Sheeran? I was saying Ed Sheeran, and then I also sang a second song. I sang Mr. Brightside by The Killers. Oh, I hey. have a video of that. But anyway. <laughs> yeah, I lo- but- almost lost my voice, but uh, slowly getting it back, but I'm okay. Okay, and welcome to to the second inning of the fourth game of the Sports Insanity podcast. We got a lot to talk about today. We got the NBA playoffs to talk about. And Nets fans, we hear you. We Thank hear God Brooklyn's gone. Thank God. Yeah, the, 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 I'm sorry. Any team that just comes in and is just like, yeah, we're just going to take on all these players and, you know, Run other players out of town like Jared Allen and Karis LeVert, essentially Spencer Dinwiddie, and run coaches like Kenny Atkinson out of town, all to build this massive team and try winning championship. If they lose, good for them. They don't deserve it. We have the conference finals previews to get to. We got a little major league baseball action to discuss today. And you know, we need a running gag on on us, on me and Bill mispronouncing Shea Hoes. Name Shohei, thank you, Shane. See, count, count that two already. <laughs> Shaho Otani, and we got the Supreme yeah. Court ruling with the NCAA. Awesome. Why are we sitting here talking about it and dilly dallying when we could just jump on it, jump on it, jump on it? Awkward silence, and me shaking my head in silence. It's a, it's but on my cover album. You people don't buy it. Christmas. People don't buy it, it'll be a disappointment, just like um, Brooklyn in Game 7. And speaking of Brooklyn in Game 7, we had Game 7 this past weekend between the Brooklyn Nets and the Milwaukee Bucks, and Milwaukee came through in overtime, defeating the, Bu- defeating the Nets 115-111. to 111. That was a hell of a game. It was a hell of a game, but I, I, was do- I was doing a little research for, you know, looking at stats and all this, and interesting enough only one bench player out of both of the teams playing in game seven scored points and that was only and that was milwaukee's pat connington if i pronounced that right reggie i'm going to resident nba pronouncing people pat connington he scored nine points for the bucks off the bench other than that no other bench player scored points and i i find that i i know if they, i don't know if it's a common thing in postseason basketball but Looking at a game seven, you would think that there would be more contribution from the bench, even though you, you look at Brooklyn's starting uh, starting five and it's just a stacked team with Kevin Durant leading the way with 48 points. What do you guys think? You think it was deserving for Milwaukee to win? 
I felt that Brooklyn had the better team, though. You know, I, I, I think so minus too. minus Kyrie. Unfortunately, he didn't get back into the series after his sprained ankle, which is a shame because you know Kyrie's you know with with KD, Kyrie, and Harden, the Bucks may win a game, but ultimately they get smoked by the Nets. So, I mean, part of it is that the Bucks got a lucky break, but at the same time, Kevin Durant did way more than enough to win the game. And ultimately, you just got to give the Bucks credit for taking advantage of the opportunity that was pretty much given to them. Um, it's a shame, though, because, you know, you have a big, a good team within the Nets that are, you know, loaded. And you're expecting them to make, to make the finals, but they don't. So it's a shame, um, but I will say this though, and uh, we were talking about this before our taping. Any team that runs players out of town, runs coaches out of town, Brooklyn Nets. I'm talking to you, running Mr. Jared Allen out of town, Karis Levert out of town, uh, getting rid of Kenny Atkinson because Katie and Kyrie are a bunch of divas. You also kind of deserved it. And trying to use all your powers to try to bring this super team to try to propel you to the championship instead of Absolutely. going through a process like the Knicks are going through. Knicks are going through a process. The Sixers, number one seed, went through a process. Yeah. The and Bucks they went down had a too. process. So, what you're saying is the Nets try to get it done all at once. Exactly. And, and the Nets had the process too, but they dumped that and uh, not necessarily cheated because all these teams do. They, all these teams have like super teams, and they have they, they try to bring in even the Clippers, you know, with Paul George and Kawhi. But still, you try to run players out of town, and in in response to doing that, you also bring in you know players, big name players, to try to win championships. You know, it, to me, it, I don't respect teams that that do that. I, I really don't. Yeah, because you got this super team and they go down because, of course, you know, but the Bucks have Giannis, so. Yeah, but, I mean, the Nets were still better with what they played. They were still better. They should have won the series. Um, but, again, like I said, the Bucks took advantage of the opportunity given to them, and they just outplayed the Nets. Let's be honest here. If it wasn't for Kevin Durant's, 40 some plus points in 53 minutes. He played all 53 minutes. Yep, 53 minutes, 48 yeah. points. Yeah. He played all 53 minutes in game seven. So, along with James Harden, who contributed 22 points as well. Yeah. I mean, James Harden, you know, he was also injured. I mean, he, he just admitted that he was injured too. So, you know, you also have to give him some credit, but he was clearly compromised. And again, it's, you know, the Nets should have won the series, but you got to get the Bucks credit. Where credit is due. They play the Nets really well. And, you know, sometimes you have to sort of tip your cap. And now that we're talking about it, with this Nets team, the window's closing pretty fast because they were supposed to win this year, and they did it. So, you know, who do you bring back? 
is most of the team coming back? Hopefully they do, but it's like, you know, windows closing pretty quick here. Oh, absolutely. It is. And, you know, the only, I, I feel bad for a few of the players on the Nets. Sorry. Sorry for the loud thing. I got a text message from somebody. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I don't feel as bad for Kevin Durant because he's won a few championships, right? But the two people I feel bad for on this team are Blake Griffin and James Harden. You know, Reginald, we failed to mention this when we did extra innings this past weekend. Uh, Blake yeah. Griffin was a big part of this team, too. And that, you know, that's on us. But the thing with Blake Griffin is he he's an interesting case because obviously things didn't work out in L.A., so they traded him to Detroit. He didn't want to be in Detroit, and he played horribly in Detroit, but then goes to Brooklyn, and all of a sudden he's having this sort of resurgent type of thing in his career. So did he just play the Detroit Pistons? Did he like fool them? Like it's to me that that's sort of another thing. And you know, obviously, I I'm with you, Patch. I do kind of feel bad for Blake Griffin because you know he's you know had so much of his career you know over a decade and no championship, <laughs> even with the badass Clipper teams in the early 2010s, nothing. Yeah, nothing. He has nothing. Man, still a phenomenal basketball player, but he doesn't. He has some hardware, but he doesn't have the big hardware with him yet. And then, exactly. and, and, and the table's um, starting, and the time is starting to catch up with him too, unfortunately. Yeah, and I mean he's he still has a lot left in him, so don't be surprised if he goes to, you know, if he obviously he probably stay with the Nets. You know, if he's, I think he's, I don't know if he's still under contract because that was a trade, um, but. Um, Let's say he goes to – he can definitely do something with another contender. So, yeah, the Nets go down. Do they have anything to be ashamed of this year? Yes. Yeah, yes, they came up short. This yeah. team is, is – this team is stacked, and they ju- they came up short. It's I, – I, what's the not – it's kind of like the Yankees almost. The Yankees have right. all this talent in the world. They get to the postseason. What the Yankees do with the, these past years, they come up short. They fail. They lose to the Astros in game six. Game six. Game, 20, game six. Okay. Game six. Okay. Okay. So, okay. Past two years, they're they're in the ALCS, and they fail to make the World Series. The Yankees have all the talent. Well, not all the talent in the world. They have the talent, a great team on paper, and then you get them to the postseason. They'll get through the first round. Get to the second round, and that you know that divisional yeah, round before series. divisional series. I'm going going divisional series before the. The CS, they get through that, they get to the CS, and then before they get to the World Series, they choke in the CS. And then it's like Yankees failed expectations once again this season. And granted, this is the first year of the Super Team with the Nets, but this Nets team, the Nets should have ran away with the East, no doubt about it. Absolutely. But, but, but the thing is, and it's so, but here's where I disagree with you, Pat. It's like, you know, well, I, I understand where you're coming from. You know, the Yankees had these have great players on their team in baseball. But in basketball, like, these are – this is an all-level team here with the Nets. They have all-stars galore all across the lineup. Yankees didn't have all all across the lineup uh, all-stars in those teams. They, they caught lucky breaks for sure. 
this Nets team in basketball is super loaded. This team should win the championship by far. Anything less than that is a failure, big failure. Because they were expected to win the East, right? They were expected to win the whole thing. Everyone said the Nets were going to win the finals. They were going to be champions. Shame. It is a shame. And uh, like as injuries, yes, but you still have the better team. You should beat the Bucks. We had another game seven on our hand this past weekend. We had the Atlanta Hawks taking down the Philadelphia 76ers, 103 to 96. The number one seed goes down. Yeah. Yeah, you know. Number two both went down this weekend. That's another shame is that, you know, we're supposed to, we're expecting this matchup between Philly and Brooklyn. You know, the two number, the two top seeds in the East who are, you know, these great teams and they don't get through the second round. And our condolences go out to our good friend, Vinny Levine, who is a 76ers fan. Well, well, you know what? Disappointment once again. This is the third time in four years that the Sixers are out in the second round. And this is with a new coach. Doc Rivers, Doc Rivers, who did a tremendous job with that Sixers team this year. Carry he inherited a lot of the team, yes, but still, like, propelled them to a number one seed. To fail is another failure here. Another team that also should have, you know, made noise in the playoffs. And, you know, even with an Embiid that had the torn meniscus, you know, Went seven games with the Hawks. Hawks? I'll give the Hawks credit, but the Sixers with Embiid should beat the Hawks easily. They did it. Absolutely. So it's going to be the Hawks and the Bucks. Who do you guys think is going to take it? I mean, I wouldn't count out the Hawks now. I mean, uh, Trey Young has had a great yeah. playoffs. He's been Trey. tremendous. No one can stop. Him. Uh, no one can stop Trey Young. And now I, I have my opinions about Trey Young. I just don't like his attitude some days. But the dude is just balling in this postseason. And you know what? He loves the attention, and it fuels his fire even more. Yeah, man. I mean, I don't mind his attitude as long as he can control it and use it to make his team better. Who cares if he's a talker? <laughs> Who cares if he lashes out to referees and interacts with the fans and makes dumb shit comments? Like, who cares? He's a, he transcends a lot of what the NBA is about today. So, you know, you young player who worked his ass off to become one of the best in the league, especially in the on the younger side. So. Yeah, let, let him be, dude. It's working. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Hawks are going to the Eastern Conference final. Absolutely. No. But in this series, I'm, 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 with, I'm with Reginald. You know, don't count the Hawks. Personally, I want to see the Bucks win. But honestly, I can see the Hawks winning this in six. Yeah, I think it's going to be the Bucks though, only because I think Giannis. I'm going to go with Giannis on this one, guys. I, Sorry. Love, I want this for him so much. A lot of people do. I want I want it for Giannis. Exactly. But here's the thing. I'd like to see Giannis win, but the Hawks have been hot on the road lately. Dude, 
Oh, I mean, they and they've been hot on the road. Well, it's not all pretty much throughout the, I mean, at home, they were able to cover too, you know? Yeah. So but that's the thing. They can do good home and on the road. So, yeah. and then they have this knack of getting into, you know, cause the Knicks, they beat them on the road. First. Yes. Game. Went to Philly on the road. First game one. So they give you headaches really quickly and they can really mess up your game plan. So, you know, the Bucks better find a way to answer, you know, find a way to answer that because if they don't, then they're going to be just like the Knicks and the Sixers. They're going to either be down early in the series or maybe the Bucks are up in the series, but the headache is enough where they're mentally trying to figure out how to deal with the Hawks. Yeah. Just goes to show you good coaching and good culture. What that can do to you, your team. We already have the Western Conference Finals kicking off. We have Phoenix Suns taking game one over the Los Angeles Clippers with a 120 to 114 win. Do you think the um, Suns can still win this series without Chris Paul? Well, I mean, if Devin Booker score out of his mind. Like Jay Crowder. One. Yeah. yeah. Him too. And, and good for Booker for proving to people that he doesn't need Chris Paul. He just used Chris Paul. I mean, he didn't use him. Obviously, you know, Chris Paul's been a godsend to the Phoenix Suns organization. But he proved that, no, I can also provide you know, for you guys, be that number one guy. I don't need someone else to help compliment me. I can do this on my own too. So good for them. And um, I expect the number one seeded Phoenix Suns to beat the number four seed Clippers. Um, and go ahead. I'm especially, sorry. Especially, especially <laughs> there's no Kawhi Leonard, and you know now we're hearing uh, Mook Morris right. because of his sore knee. He might be out for game two. That's a problem because Mook can shoot and they need a lot of scoring. Well, they still got Paul George. Yeah, and Paul George has, you know, yeah. like I like I like I said Reggie uh, Jackson too week. as well. Yeah, like I said last week, Paul George came through big time. But how much can he give, you know, to win? He can only do so much. He needs help from other players, not like a Kevin Durant where he could literally put the team behind his back and win games. Paul George isn't – he's talented enough to win a game, but he's going to need a lot of help to propel them. Absolutely. And also with the Suns, you also just can't cut out Bridges and Crowder as well. Yeah, I mean – They'll become contributors too. It's then tires on this team that they're just so lethal. It's crazy. And good for Phoenix. Good for Phoenix. They they definitely deserve uh, a moment in their sun. No <laughs> pun intended. No pun um, intended. But yeah, it's it's amazing what's going on in Phoenix. And I really hope that they could go into the final. I mean, you know, never count out the Clippers, but at the same time, the Clippers right now, they're not in a good spot. Just, you know, like Kawhi's missed a lot of playoff time here. And these are very crucial, crucial games for the Clippers right now. So if he's going to be missing, it's going to be a problem. 
on the same boat with you, Danny Boy. It's the Suns' destiny. It's the Suns' destiny to rise to the finals. You think the Suns can take it? Suns can, Suns can take it. You know, Kawhi is a big part of this Clippers team. And, you know, he's that he's a, he's probably the key piece of that team. Yes, they got the side pieces going for them with the rest of the team. But, you know, Kawhi, Kawhi is the man on that team. Oh, and it, it, it shows sometimes that, you know, when Kawhi is out, you know, whenever, wherever he was, if, if he was not playing for Toronto, you know, Toronto struggled without him. When he wasn't with San Antonio, the Spurs were struggling without him. So Kawhi is that he's, – he's that big piece to a team that, you know, really doesn't have, like, big-name talent but still has talent, but it's he's that big-name talent for that team. And when he's out, teams suffer. Yeah. It will help that, you know, Chris Ball, they, they just said that uh, he's out for game two, still under health and safety protocols, which, uh, I mean, I hope he's okay and, you know – Obviously, you know, coronavirus is not easy thing to deal with, you know, whether he has or not, I think he does, but you know, it's, it's not he tested positive. So it's, it's, it's something, well, it most likely he did because he's under protocol and he's been out for a while now. So it's, you know, it's most likely that is the case. Um, but, um, you know, just, you know, just gotta hope and pray that he's, doing well and stuff um but yeah you know let's see let's see let's see if uh the clippers can come back with a vengeance absolutely now that chris balls out for game two from the nba playoffs to the nhl playoffs nhl playoffs are in their conference finals right now semifinals where you want to classify it as in the stanley cup world in the world of hockey uh game four between the golden knights and canadians this past sunday series with the Golden Knights win, made it a tied series at two games apiece. Do you guys still see the Golden Knights coming away with a series win, or you think Canadians are going to go back to the Cup? I think the Knights can, but I think it's very possible they're going to that the Canadians are going back to the Stanley Cup Finals. I want a Cup for Canada, so I'm rooting for the Canadians here. But I mean, the Golden Knights, if uh, if Robin Leonard continues to give that stellar performance, uh, Mark Andre Fleury too, and you know they just keep doing what they're doing, they should be, they should be easily in there. The Golden Knights, out of their first four seasons, this is their third conference finals appearance. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting side of itself. So, you know, this is the Habs' first appearance since 2013 season when they lost to the Rangers 4-2. Yeah. So I remember that. <laughs> yeah. And then was, I had that an, was a fun series. That was a fun. I I remember watching most of that series. That was a great series. And I had another thing. It was um oh the and, and the Habs have the last time the um Habs won the Stanley Cup, can anyone take a guess on when it was? Nineteen seventy five no 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 not the seventies. I don't know. Brad, do you know? No. <laughs> 1992 was the last time the Habs won the Cup. Yeah, so recent. And, and then I believe it's, what, since 93, the Canadians, the, the Canadian teams haven't won a Stanley Cup, or it might be the Habs were the last Canadian team to win the Stanley Cup. Interesting times with the Golden Knights and the Canadians. Um, Noah Trembley, I'm sure, is still on the edge of his seat since he's our resident Canadians fans here on the Sports and Sanity Network. 
Also, we have another game five tonight, recording here on June 21st. We have the Islanders and Lightning in game five. And right now, at the end of the first period here at 8.57 p.m., the Lightning are winning 3-0 against the Islanders. Well, that's a killer for the Islanders. Oh, that is. Because yeah, I know the Islanders have been doing the best they can with this tough Lightning team trying to score. And it's been tough trying for them trying to score. So um, defense has played been a big factor in that series so far. So uh, hands off to both the Islanders and the Lightning. And clearly the Lightning have the upper hand here in game five. And you guys, and you see the Lightning trying to make it back to the Stanley Cup for the second year in a row? I, I mean, think so. Uh, I mean, they, they should be able to, but like, you know, the Islanders are a pretty scary team. <laughs> One, they're very resilient too. So it's amazing to watch that. And you know what? Let's do it for the old barn. Let's get, let's get a Stanley Cup over there <laughs> before it closes down. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Islanders are seeking their first Stanley Cup final since 83-84. Yeah, well, that's, yeah, that's when they were hot. That's when they the had, Islanders were hot well, in those days. I mean, they, they, they won, what, four in a row? Is that, yep. Yeah, they, they were, those are great Islander teams, too. Wow. Definitely. So, interesting times, once again, in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Next week, we will probably have our Stanley Cup final. And we'll have, and we'll have a little preview for that. Wait, will we? No, this, we're in the semifinals now, though, right? No, this year. No, no. So this year, it, based on your division, what, what was the division lineman again, Renaki? It was the Central, the East, the North, yeah. the West. Yeah. That so, makes more sense. West and the North. West and North and then the – Central and East. Central and the East. And whoever won. So – because of COVID and Canada have to do their own division. That's yeah, how exactly. they had to yeah, do that, it. Yeah, that's that, that was the that was the thing. So no, yeah, no, no conference final this year because of the issues going up in Canada. With COVID. Yeah. Yeah. You are listening to the Sports Insanity Podcast on the Sports Insanity Network. Make sure to like us on Facebook by searching SIN Sports Insanity Podcast. And also follow us on Twitter by searching at SIN Sports Insane. And now back to the bottom half of the inning on the Sports Insanity Podcast. All right, moving on to baseball. And how about the New York Yankees? For the third time this year, we get a triple play. Yeah, man, the the, the, the kings of the triple play. They're, they're one this season, most in the modern era. It's tied for, the, uh, if you let me finish. Oh, okay. <laughs> As I was saying, yes, you know, it's the most in the modern era of baseball, and they're tied for the most, and this was the third triple play by the same team since 1903. Been a long time since a team has had three triple plays in a season. But, yeah, hey, think, good for, good for them Yankees. And the Yankees are starting to wake up a bit. Sweep Toronto. You, go, you do good again. You take two out of three from Oakland, who is a good team. Yeah, but, like – the thing that concerns me about the Yankees is the fact that they tend to score runs later in the game because they get down pretty early. One thing that I've noticed, especially in these past two series, they get down early and then they don't score till later. The Yankees got to pounce on these teams early if they're going to make a statement in the league. 
because what it's telling me is, well, yeah, well, they'll be able to score runs late, but can they score runs early? That's going to be a problem if they're down eight, nothing early on. So, you know, lucky they ran into games where, okay, it's two, nothing after like five innings or one, nothing or three, nothing or three, two, three, one, four, one, you know, they haven't gone down a lot, but there's never a situation where they give up 10 runs and they don't score early. It's going to be too late by the time they score all these runs to win a game. So they have to figure out ways to get the bats rolling. And even yesterday, you know, it wasn't a great day. The like uh, yesterday, I mean Sunday, um, on the uh, the twentieth, Father's Day. Happy Happy uh, Father's Day to all those uh, fathers out there. Um, even yesterday, even even that Sunday against the A's, they didn't score until like what the sixth, seventh inning, and it was oh, Gary, until, yeah, until Gary it was, Sanchez it was or Gary triple. Yeah, exactly. So, other than that, the bats were just dead. You just got nothing out of it. Luckily, the Jordan Montgomery, you know, only gave up a run, and he didn't factor in any decision. But he didn't. He only gave up a run, and it was an early home run. So, you know, the Yankee bats have to find ways to just keep on rolling. Besides it's scoring late, long to start producing. Yeah, and it's frustrating to watch, especially the big names that we have on the books. DJ LeMayu, like, keep in mind, we have DJ LeMayu for another few seasons, another four seasons after this year. Aaron Judge, who continues to suck. You know, Aaron Judge, I mean, Aaron Judge, you know, he hasn't sucked all season. Like, he's actually having a pretty decent year. He's only batting, what, 279, 280, something like that. So he's been producing, but he's not producing consistently. And because of that, it makes me question whether I want to give Judge a boatload of money. And I honestly don't. I me don't either. want to. So it, it's it's frustrating to watch the Yankees the way they they their approach at bat because it's it's atrocious to watch. It's really it it really is bad. And no one, everyone wants to talk about the triple plays and finding ways to win. Eventually, that's going to catch up to them if they can't produce. Yeah. And, you know, heading to my side of the field with my team, the Washington Nationals, um, shout out to Kyle Schwarber, the new, the king of the leadoff man, as we've been deeming him lately. Nine home runs since becoming the leadoff man since June 8th. And let me just say this, 8-2 and two in the last 10 games for the Nationals. Oh, that's fantastic. Nationals are getting hot. And, you know, obviously they could turn out just to be frauds at the end of the day. But... Be nice. <laughs> hey. Be <laughs> nice. But, but, but let's be real here. Like, the Mets right now, and they had a good series against the Mets. But let's be real. The Mets also have dealing with injuries. So that division's not very good, and most of the games have been against the division. 
So yeah. obviously they had good. They also had a good series against the Giants. I'm going to give them credit there. Uh, that was the week prior. Um, but yeah, it's 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 looking good for the Nationals right now. If they can prove me wrong and continue to play good baseball, and it's not just the home runs by Kyle Schwarber, it's the timely hitting by yeah. that middle of the order. Like Jan Gomes has been tremendous too, and Josh Harrison. You know, them coming through in clutch moments has yep. been really good. And the yep. pitching's been stellar, too. Without Ma- Max Scherzer, surprisingly, pitching's actually been pretty decent. And so, Patrick Corbin's been stepping up. And you mentioned Jan Gomes. He's been doing great at bat and being behind the dish, throwing exactly. out people, trying to steal and all that. Yeah. So it's it, it, it's just the, the whole team's just coming together right now and figuring out a way to work through whatever issues they have and it's pulling off wins and you just got to give credit to the manager david martinez i mean you know sometimes you know when teams the nationals aren't a great team but it takes a manager like that to give them the encouragement and the firepower to just go out there and win games and one more thing on the Nats before we move on. Baby Shark is back. Oh. Herrera. And it, it, it seems he's come back around the same time the Nats, you know, when he was part of this team in 2019, when they started to turn it around. So maybe it's another sign of deja vu. And we might be on this magical run again. Well, I mean, I wouldn't count on it because, you know, no. he, could, he can always be sent back down to the minor leagues. He can always go back to Rochester here. But Always like, go back to right. Rochester. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, I mean, I'm look, the, the Nats fans kill for stuff like this. And I'm so happy that Gerardo Parra can go back and, you know, even if it's just a short time, give <laughs> the Nationals fans something to cheer about, something to, you know, go to the ballpark and look forward to. The last quick note in baseball here for today is that probably the best Japanese export going right now in baseball. Mm -hmm. And who is that, Dan? Mr. Shohei Otani. All right. And this man had a great week for himself, kicking it off on June 15th. He homered once. June 16th, he homered. June 17th, he pitched, going six innings, five hits, one run. Only run coming off a home run, one base on ball, and five Ks. And then he ended the week proceeding to home run on June 18th, June 19th, and June 20th. But June 18th, he actually homered twice. So the man, had him, the man had himself a week. And he's going into the home run derby. Yes, he will be the – I believe that he's the first Japanese player to declare for the home run derby, but he's also the first pitcher, I think, to declare for the home run derby. So what do you guys yeah. think? It, it, it's a little weird. It's a little weird, but I, I'm, I'm, I mean, Tani is literally like, and I'm, I just can't believe this two-way experiment is working for the Angels. Like it's working in their favor. So Tani's just an amazing, amazing player. He's he has an ERA of two seventy in ten starts. Like. That, you know how hard it is to have an ERA under three, especially at this point in the season. 
Like it's an, it's not easy. So kudos to him. I mean, he's he's an incredible player, and I hope he wins the home run derby. And I wanted to break the cycle of well, we compete in the home run derby, but then we stuck afterwards. I wanted to break that cycle. I wanted to continue to do well. Yes. But also, you look at the Reds, you bring up his pitching stats. You look at his hitting yeah. stats. The man has 23 home runs, 54 RBIs. Yeah. Yeah. This guy's on fire. This guy's on freaking fire. 15 doubles and three triples. It's, it's M- MVP conversation. MVP right there for him. And He's also, 10, and also 10 stolen. I didn't mean to interrupt you. And I meant to, I meant to bring this when I was talking. And also, 10 stolen bases. Yeah. He <laughs> must be a fast dude. <laughs> yeah yeah but great things going for mr otani and you know what i think it just brings confidence to anyone that wants to be a two-way player in major leagues that can pitch and hit and play the field like this is a nice way of introducing that because this is not something that we're used to here in america so i'm i'm thrilled with uh with how that's going and you know, let's see if uh let's see if he can keep it up because uh, the, Angel, the angels could use him oh time. yeah he can hit he can pitch what can't this guy do mm. <laughs> exactly field he can field he's been playing the outfield okay. too. he's been playing the he's outfield too so exactly and that guy is a killer arm man all right we got some interesting news coming out of the NCAA with their court case for their players, or the players have a case going right now, trying to get their money. They went. It went to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court ruled in the players' favor. Good for the players. Basically, that's going to cover education expense, educational expenses. Yeah. So anything that they want in school yeah, in terms of their school experience, they can have unlimited access to that. That's their way of compensating for now without actually giving them money. So it's one of those things where it's like, we're paying for you, but we're not giving you money physically. Yes. It's and like, you're, you're going to go to school for free, but you still can't make money. Yeah. You know what? Now this is going to answer the questions. Should college athletes be paid? Yes and no. Okay. Why yes? Yes, because it's a good marketing tool to promote. Companies can pay the athletes to promote their product. Like this happens in, it kind of have, it's not like being paid, but you know, in the world of college bowling, you know, um, bowling ball companies sign with college teams. So they, they only throw that brand. So that person is promoting that brand. So you're promoting the brand. It, it's yes. kind of like you know, like you like Jordan has Nike, LeBron has Nike, so Tiger has Nike. You know, it's promoting their brand. You get your own little brand and you promote it. But like, like not not like saying the school's paying them. No, like I I say let the players go out and get sponsorships. You know, we look Absolutely. at like big big name basketball players in the past year. Zion comes out of college. What he what does he do? He signs a big sneaker deal finally. Let let the college players go sign endorsement deals. I I think that's a fair thing. I think that's fair. I mean, totally. I mean, if you want to use your image, your name, your likeness to sign autographs and get paid for that, 
or again, like Patrick said, get endorsement deals, like whatever. My only thing is the school or the NCAA cannot be paying these players. They are in school. They're student athletes, period. And, and I get the argument that, yes, it's the NCAA makes a shit ton of money, probably more money than they should be making off of these athletes. But the bottom line is it's not fair to the institution who has millions of students that don't even get to go to college for free like these athletes do. It's not fair to those students that have to take out loans just to go to school that they can't, they have to do that and they have to suffer their consequences. But then these athletes, because they're so good at their sport, they can walk out of, and obviously they'll, they, some of these athletes, they don't make it to the pros and, you know, they, go on, do whatever, you find jobs and stuff, but they don't have to worry about that, about any type of debt. It's just not fair. It's not cool. You know, a lot, I was broke in college. I don't know about you, bro. I think I we all were. Oh, we all were. Like, we hustled. These players don't have to hustle. They get stipends, they get free meals, and now they're about to get their education, all their education expenses paid, their whole entire education experience. Come on now. I think they should find ways to allow them to get endorsement deals outside of the college realm so that they can get some money out of it. And I think that's a great compromise. The school or NCAA paying them actual money, actual money for playing their students keep it that way all right with that said one quick note before we get to a little a brief nfl story shout out to john ram for winning the u.s open first first major win this past weekend i didn't watch much golf i was busy but it's just a brief quick mention because this happened this past weekend in the pga john ram gets his first major win by winning the u.s open you have other nfl news that's actually really exciting and goes along with pride month go ahead June is Pride Month. I we got some we got history being made. For the first time in the NFL, there is an actively open gay player, Las Vegas Raider defensive end Carl Nassib has come out of the closet. Yeah, I mean, I, I I saw that and I was like, that that's amazing. You know, you know what? That is a really good thing. And and we we need that. We need diversity in the in all of American sports. And there is, especially in the women's sport, there's a lot of, you know, uh, gay there's athletes. A lot of LGBT out there. players that a lot, me. a lot of them, absolutely. So I want more of that in on the men's side of things. There's not en- and, enough of it. And just on a side note, I just want to also give this guy a really shout out. He also donated a hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars. To the Trevor Project, yeah, and the, and which is a um, foundation to prevent LGBT teenage suicide. Yeah. So the, the, a lot of it, you know, a lot of these organizations that help out with the uh, LGBT community, 
and you know it's just amazing what they do in this world and you know it's 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 um it's honestly i'm happy that there's advancement going on here and that it's very accepting like when when this news broke it was very positive you know yes. this is what we want this is what we crave we crave positivity you know what i think we're seeing barriers be broken just like what we saw in april 1947 when jackie robinson Mm-hmm. broke baseball's color barrier right absolutely and, and i think right now what we're seeing with the lgbt community yeah and, and look he wasn't the first gay football player ever to be michael sams yeah of course and then of course michael sam didn't work out but still this is still great for the nfl to have you know someone that is gay that can advocate you know, for stuff like that, you know, and for the community and to give confidence to have more gay athletes in the NFL. I think that's so, Some, I think it's wonderful. Something that again, like I said, the NFL needs. They need diversity. We have a lot of the black players in the NFL. Bring more gay players, man. And you know what? I think it breaks the gay stereotypes too. Absolutely, man. hundred and ten percent it does. But you know, the, the and you know, I have some, I have some friend, some very dear friends of mine who are gay, and you know, I think it's good for them, and it's good for the LGBT community because that the gay man stereotype is you know feminine, and but you know, not that I'm saying that's a bad, thing, but I think it's a good thing showing that they that they're more than just a stereotype and i think this is wonderful news and i hope we see more but i think one of the things is you know and i was talking about this with my mom saying i think there's a lot of nfl players who are gay and maybe they are scared to come out maybe they are scared to come out yeah you know it but sometimes all it does is it, it takes one person to make a change and you know this could be the person that makes the change maybe for all all the all all can't speak right now. All the sports out there, all it takes is one person to make a change. Absolutely, all it, does, it all does is it takes one person to make a change, and it, like I said, this could be the start of something. All right, guys. Well, that is our show for the week. Um, check us out on all platforms. Check our check us out on social media, and if you want to know more, go where? Go to the website www.thesportsinsanitynetwork.com till next week i'm bill murphy i am lawrence patchman lang like i said bill mentioned go follow us on social media twitter it's at sin sports insane so make sure you go and follow that on twitter danny boy reginald signing off folks and uh yep just keep keep supporting the network any way you can it's great so far we're really We're happy We are really happy so far with the response from people. So please, please, please continue to follow us. We will see you next week. This was the second inning of the fourth game of the Sports Insanity Podcast. We will see you next week. Not completing high school is more of a social thing than it was an academic thing. I came out in the 11th grade. Nobody was embracing you. The kids were cruel. It was very difficult to be gay. Even though all these years have passed, I still had that longing to have my diploma.
The hard part was determining that I was gonna do it, but I definitely didn't do it alone. At age 30, with the help of her mentor, Carissa finished her high school diploma. I have a mentor, Maria. She convinced me to continue my education and to finish what I started to get my diploma. Just never judges. She's a true role model. If you're even considering getting your high school diploma, go get it. You can do it. No one gets a diploma alone. If you're thinking of finishing your high school diploma, you have help. Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. That's finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council.